Hello, welcome to our podcast. Well, that's life. I'm Karen. I'm Ashley. I'm a guest, Pilates. I'm also a guest, and I'm Charlie. And I'm also a guest, and I'm Megan. So during this podcast, we're going to be talking about the stages of life. So, you know, we all start out of the womb. So let's talk about birth order. Um, A question that we have for you is, what is your birth order? And given the listic expectations, do you fit those expectations? The expectations include, so the oldest child is um, supposed to be you know, expect it to be more mature, responsible, and the middle child is, okay, and the middle child is um, expected to be more like a mediator, um, avoids conflict, loyal to peers, has lots of friends, not really spoiled, and has reasonable expectations, while the youngest is manipulative, charming, um, blames others, and engaging, but also loves surprises. And if you're an only child, um, they're basically little adults. They're they're deliberate, high achievers, motivated, and adaptable. So um, which one do you think, which one are you, and do you think you fit your expectations? So... I happen to be a um, the oldest one, so I would be the perfectionist, the sneaker, and I actually do fit those expectations. I didn't think I would because I don't meet some of them. For example, I'm not a natural leader. It just doesn't work for me. It's not something I do. And I do struggle with saying no to people. So I get, <laughs> I do fit those expectations. Yeah, I'm I'm a twin, so I don't know I don't know how this would work in a situation, you know, what you would say if I'm considered a middle child or if I'm considered also an older sibling. I don't know, but I guess I'd go with middle child. Um I wouldn't exactly call myself a mediator. I would just say that I don't avoid conflict. I mean I try to. But there's just some people that just have a lot to say sometimes and you're just like man you know chill but like you also get annoyed you know <laughs> so you, when you get annoyed you say so but besides that i'd say i'm not i'm not mean i'm sorry that's the impression i'm getting off i'm not mean i promise Um, okay, so I am the oldest child, and you know, the oldest child is seen as a perfectionist, organized, ambitious, a natural leader with no surprises and hard to say no. Definitely, I have a hard time saying no, that I just like end up doing what people want me to do, which is not bad, you know, sometimes just um, builds my character. Um, I can say that I am a natural leader also in social situations, not only at home. Um, And perfectionist, sometimes I don't care if it's perfect or not, but I try my best. Um, Yeah, sometimes things are just half done and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, But basically, yeah. Um, So our next question is, um, 
Has there been any instance where someone has thought you are older or younger than you actually are? And what did, what did they say and how did you respond? Okay, for me, well, I guess I should say my birth order. So I have three other siblings and I'm the third child. And so it's kind of difficult because throughout my school life, like going elementary school to like middle school, I transferred to like a completely new district. And then from middle school to high school, a new district where I have to like be surrounded by completely new people. And then in junior year, I moved again to another district that was closer to my house because I used to commute like an hour and 45 minutes away from my house to my school. So now I'm like a new kid. And my brother also is now a freshman in high school. So I'm a new junior and he's a freshman. And when I was talking to my friends, they everyone thought that I was a sophomore and they thought that he was a junior. Like he, everyone thought that I was way younger than my little brother. So we're two years apart. And the whole time I was like, it's probably because he's taller. See, but another point is now I think he's a way cooler than me. Because like, oh, like the older sibling, like, oh, they're so cool. But no, it's reverse. So now I'm the lame one and he's a cool one. But yeah, that was like the one instance where I was like, oh, do I really look that young? Like, are my Asian genes like really working? Like maybe my skincare has really popped off. So, so he'll grow old and get wrinkly and saggy and I will stay looking like a 17, 18 year old for, my, for the rest of my life. But yeah, that was my instance. For me, I'm the youngest child and I have one older sister who's three years older than me. And like growing up, that's like a really big gap to like that's like someone in high school versus someone in middle school and then someone in high school versus someone in college like it's a really big difference and I've been mistaken so many times to be the older sibling um and honestly at first I used to be really offended because I was like are you calling me old but then I was like I realized like it's probably not they probably just think um I'm the older one because I, I like going back to kind of the listed expectations. I feel like I fit the expectations of an older child a lot more than the youngest. Like, I hope I'm not a manipulative, like little kid, but um, yeah, I think that's probably why. And I think over time, my response has changed. Like, obviously at first I was like, um, no, I am younger by three years. And now I'm just like, oh no. Um, yeah, people mistake us all the time, but yeah, I think I've come to accept it. I think for me, because my sister, my little sister and I were four years apart, I actually get mistaken, like with my mom, um, funny things, but like, uh, we would be out in public and pe people would see both of us and they're like, oh my gosh, sisters. And I'm like, are you just saying that to be nice? Or does my mom actually look that young? And sometimes it hurts me because I'm like, do I look that old? Um, but yeah. They're flirting. <laughs> they're flirting maybe, with your mom, man. Like, maybe oh, they're just, sisters. Maybe they're just, maybe they're just trying to sell something to us. But, you know, I just get mistaken <laughs> um, <laughs> as being the same, like, sister, like, to my mom. And it's so weird, which is, I mean... Sometimes she takes pride in it. She's like, yeah, he says I look young, but <laughs> that was really funny. Um, but yeah, you know, like since we're all siblings, like, do you ever wish you were a single child? And like, why? I honestly don't think I've ever wished that. Maybe, maybe when I'm sleeping 
on a bed with like my sister and I'm just like, dude, I wish I had my own bed. But other than that, I think I'm good. <laughs> um, I, there's been some times I think when I get too angry where I'm like, man, I wish, you know, I had this room by myself and I wish I had everything for myself. <laughs> but then I think about it and I'm like, okay, I probably wouldn't have this much clothes if it were only me because, you know, my mom has to buy double, right? I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have that many dresses, that many Actually, I feel like I'd probably have more shoes because you know, I'd be an only child. I'd be more spoiled, I guess. But um, um, no, I don't think I've ever wished to. I mean, besides that, <laughs> besides contradicting myself. But I, I like having siblings. But then again, I also, I've also never been alone. So I guess, I guess it, it, it's a little weird because I feel like people who, who ha have been, you know alone for a long time like let's say um like your little sibling was born when you were 10 years old well you already had that experience of being by yourself right so I feel like since I've never been alone I don't really know what it's like to be an only child getting all that attention or all that love which I feel like sometimes kids who who have younger siblings at that different age gap probably feel a little bit more like Hey, you know, I wish you were never born or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but yeah. Um, I have a question for both of you since you guys are like the same age. Um, how do you guys solve conflict? Like when you um, like argue or, um, you know, when you're not wanting to share things. Um, so it gets tricky there. <laughs> um, sometimes we don't solve the conflicts. That's the problem. We just fight like. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> we, but sometimes, no, honestly, we don't even, okay, we fight, but we don't fight as much as people would think. Mm. Everybody too. assumes that we fight a lot, but it's because our characters are very different. So we mm -hmm. both have very different characters. She's more explosive, angry. I but, get angry, but then I stop being mad after a while and then I just listen to her talk. So <laughs> I, I get over it, but, um, uh, I don't think we, our, our conflicts are never resolved. We, we just don't talk about it yeah. anymore. <laughs> and we ignore it and then we talk again and then everything's fine. And that's how it works for us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so another question that we have is, um, okay. So we were talking about how we, we're born, you know, oldest to youngest, and if we would like to be an only child. But do you think that actually affects the way you were raised? Do you think you would have turned out differently if you would have been, let's say, if you are an older child now, if you were a younger child? Yeah, I think it would be really different. And I think like, even though I feel like I personally kind of resemble or like relate more to characteristics of an older child, I think when you're actually put in that role, it's very different because it's not like, mm -hmm. oh, you can be a leader sometimes and like other times not be a leader because you have to, You sh I mean, for the most part, like you, you have to take care of your younger siblings and like, you can't just take a break from them. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, for me, because I'm a third child, I can't cook. 
I can't do anything. Like <laughs> the rest of my siblings, they cook, they can drive. So I guess the benefit of having two older siblings is that they're the ones that drive me everywhere. So I think it's come to the point where I don't really have to learn a lot of stuff. <laughs> like <laughs> they got their driver driver's license when they were 16 and now I'm 18 and I'm still pushing it back. Like, oh, I don't want to drive because I already have like, technically I have four chauffeurs. So I can always ask them, like, hey, you want to drive me somewhere? Like, oh, and they the have jobs. They have jobs so they can like pay for my meals. So if I was an older child, I think I would for sure have to to do a lot more. But one thing I do notice is that as a third child, I feel like I do a lot of stuff. Like I think I clean a lot, right? I, I clean, I wash, I wash the laundry. Okay, well, not anymore, not as much. I fold clothes. <laughs> like I'm the perfect daughter, but then I can't do other <laughs> stuff. But if I was the oldest, then I'll make my younger siblings do everything for me so then I would have my little little miniature slaves and I can make them do stuff for me so did I even answer the question yeah I don't even know (laughs) you did but yeah I think for me if I were to be a single child okay so I grew up like a brat basically (laughs) um and if I grew up as like a single child I think I would turned out like even more as a brat or I would be like very spoiled by today because you know like my parents I'm their only child they would pour like everything into me um but you know being a sibling I like taking care of others and I think having a sibling like kind of built my character into like who I am today um because you know it taught me to be very gentle and treat others you know with kindness and I think um, you know, a lot of times, like, my sibling does test me a lot, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, I love her so much, and she teaches me how to be, um, like, kind to others, so I would definitely not change my birth order at all. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, moving um, on. Oh. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, keep going. Oh, I was just going to move on, but you could share. I was just saying that yeah, I get what you mean, because, <laughs> like, you know, little siblings are, um, I feel like as an older sibling, you kind of become a parent to them, and a lot of your cousins and everything, so, um, like, personally, I feel like being an older sibling has helped me a lot shape, like, shape my character, basically, you know, like, it, it makes you um, literally question the things that you do, just so that you're just okay if my little sibling were to do this would I be okay with it or would I want them to follow my footsteps and especially because little siblings most of the time they look up to you so I mean I get what you're saying like I totally agree with you okay so you know after you know being born we move into childhood and how we were raised and according to um, sociology um, family is a recognized group usually joined by blood marriage cohabitation or adoption that forms an emotional connection and serves as an economic unit of society. And sociologists identify different types of families based on how you how one enters into them. A family of orientation refers to the family into which a person is born and a family of procreation describes that um, describes one that is formed through marriage. So um, the types of families um, are parents, 
you know, like two provider family, both parents are biological parents, parents and step-parents, one parent only, grandparents and parents, as parents, adoptive parents, extended family as parents, criminal parents or parents, an older sibling as parents, gay, a gay parent or parents, and two parents with one parent working, one staying home. So um, let's say out of the family types, which one do you have and how were you raised by that family type and um, what kind of roles and foundations did your family have? So we were raised with a parent and a step-parent. But the thing about that is um, I feel like our relationship to our step-parent is very distinct from the relationships that other people normally have with them. Um, because of the way that, because of the fact that he entered our life when we were really young, we look at him to be as our dad, our father. And that plays a big role because I feel like we would have a whole different, a lot of problems if we would look at this from a different perspective, you know? And having two people there for you that you can fall back on and not only one would you know it helps you grow up differently you become somebody else um um yeah we were raised like he is our dad and then our biological father we don't really have a relationship that a father and daughter relationship should be like so for us it's always been our dad is well our stepdad but he's our dad so it's just it gets but I feel like it could be different sometimes because with other people that do have this type of relationship with their step parent their other parent might be in the picture as well for us it's just our step parent is our dad he's our father and then the other one's just not in the picture so um I feel like we're very our at least us we're very um we consider a lot of things family like we consider a lot of people family we love really easily and um I feel like it it's sweet and it's nice to consider people family when we have a saying we say that blood makes family but when we pray and stuff when because we pray every night and we're like please protect the, the family that's blood and the family that isn't because everyone at the end of the day you know everyone's family whoever you consider family is because you love them so much mm -hmm. and you know there can be advantages and disadvantages to this but everyone like I said you know everybody is affected differently by situations like this and even when it's you know two parents not every relationship that you have with them will be perfect either and that also affects the way you know inevitably you were raised I mean you go from you could have like this perfect relationship with your parents but nobody really knows what it's actually like and yeah actually um touching into a subject about religion religion goes a lot with the character that you that you um that you form with the I'm sorry with the relationship that you form with your family members because I feel like personally God has helped me a lot form a good relationship with my parents where I feel like there are some things that they do or there's some things that happen 
that I feel like would bother me if I didn't really understand, you know, what I believe in. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing about your family. Um, so I was raised with um, two parents, but one parent working and one staying at home. Um, it's because, you know, like when my sister was born, it was just really hard for both of my parents to keep working. So my mom had to um, stay home and she has been a stay-at-home mom since. And I think, to be honest, like having her home all the time, sometimes it was frustrating because, you know, it's like both of us are at home on weekends and we're like er, arguing with each other. But I think a lot of times um, I learned a lot from her, you know, just just spending a lot of time with her, I see how she communicates with other people and I see how she's able to help others. Um, and I think just being around her more kind of influences me in a way where like, in some instances people are like, oh, I see your mom through you. And I'm like, how? And then people are like, you know, it's still just like the way the things she does, you know, like um, helping others and, you know, just putting um, people's needs like before theirs and, um, yeah, and I also think like having one parent working sometimes like I don't see my dad as often as I, you know, as often as I see my mom. Um, so he works like seven days a week and he comes home late at night. And, you know, even though we don't really talk, he still shows me love in other ways. You know, his like love language is, um, you know, giving like, you know, um, giving gifts. And I think oftentimes he would add me food after practice or, you know, ask if I want to eat something or if I'm hungry. And even though like he doesn't verbally express it, um, I still know that, you know, he loves me, I think. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's really different having, it's really, so it's really different having one parent home and one parent at work because, you know, you grow closer to one. But, you know, I think I just really focus on making sure that I still have a, rela a relationship with my dad, um, even though he's, working um, for yeah like all day and always see him a few hours a day so yeah mm -hmm. yeah and you know um those are roles that you know your parents have as you know in, in your family I think uh, we showed really two examples of what different families look like and how, you know, that actually affects us as people and the emotions that we go through. Um, yeah, so um, speaking on um, like family roles and family members, like what are the family roles in your family and what role did your parents take on? For me, well, I guess kind of going to the one you guys had before and now this one, my parents, they're extremely hard workers. Um, like I remember from a really young, young age like for preschool or for elementary school um when my grandma was still alive like she would pick us up or and then when she passed away um and then I had like an Ellie's Best program and that that program ended at like five five o'clock or like four o'clock or whatever but sometimes five o'clock okay five o'clock but then my siblings would stay there like an hour later because my parents were still working and they didn't they weren't able to pick us up and the funny thing is I only lived five minutes away from Castellar but I still waited like an hour or an hour and a half until my parents were available to pick me up after they finished work um, and even to this day like 
they commute all the way to, they used to commute to like LAX from like West Covina and they still do. Like my mom has to go to like Torrance area. My dad goes to like USC area and my dad will wake up at like 2 a.m. in the morning to go to work and then come back at like three. My mom like goes, gets to work at four and comes back like at like five or six. So for my parents' roles, like for sure, like how extremely hardworking they are. And I think that also played into me because now I don't want to disappoint them. If I get a bad grade, I got to see one time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm exposing myself in this podcast. <laughs> I got to see on my math. And then I was like, mommy. I'm sorry. I got to see on my math. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, do it's okay, Megan. Do better next time. I'm like, I'm disappointing <laughs> my mother. <laughs> and I guess other family roles regarding my siblings. For my oldest, okay, we're, none of us are really rebel children, but you can say that she's the most rebel, the most rebellious out of all of us. Like she got her nose ring and then well. my mom saw it. She was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so she's for sure. The, yeah. She's for sure. The one who like does more stuff. And then, then when we, the rest of us do it, it's like fine because she already did it with like Kaylee. So that's my second oldest. And then me, I guess we're both kind of avoiding conflict type of people. I think she, my second oldest Kaylee is a lot more introverted. And for me, I could be introverted, but a little bit more extroverted too. And in the beginning of the podcast, when you said avoids conflict, that's how I hear all the tea from other people, like all the drama, because <laughs> I stay away from everything. So then people just come to me and like, yeah, let me hear it. <laughs> and then for my brother, who's the youngest, I think him having three older sisters and being the only boy, you know, we can manipulate him instead. So it's like, uh, hey, fine. you want ice cream? Are you feeling ice cream? He's like, yeah, I'm feeling ice cream. So then we get ice cream, but it's just because we wanted it in the beginning. But yeah, he's for sure a lot more introverted because I think, I don't know, has he been oppressed? Has he <laughs> sisters? Who knows? But yeah. Um, yeah. My family, um, you know, like, as I said previously, like my dad works. So I think he's definitely the breadwinner. Um, <laughs> and I think my mom, she's the one who like takes care of our family, you know, who cooks and she's a housewife. Um, and for my sister, okay, I can say basically that she is the head of household because everybody does what she says. Like sometimes <laughs> it's really unfair, but you know, sometimes I agree with what she wants to do. Like if she says, I want McDonald's for dinner, we're going to get McDonald's for dinner, you know, because my sister says so. And I think that's just part of her being like the youngest child of my parents, like spoiling her because my parents are easily like to say no to me, but to her, it's so quick, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think um, the role that my parents take on just really kind of influences me also. Like, you know, seeing how hard my dad works motivates me to continue to be a good student, you know, even though like he hasn't, he doesn't, he's not there really to see my academic growth, like, but I still want to make him proud, you know, and just let him know that when I grow there, I'll support you, you know, like since you're supporting us. Um, and now like with my mom too, like, you know, she didn't really get to do much or like kind of explore like what she wanted to do. Um, but I think, yeah, just giving both, giving both of them a very comfortable life, like when I'm able to make money. Um, mm -hmm. So I think my family type like really influenced me. Um, and yeah, just talking more about family, like since we're all people of color, like did you ever wish you were raised differently and what traditional American family, like, um, 
yeah, what kind of traditional American family, you know, like traits or anything, like, have you ever thought like, oh, you know, like I wanted to do that or, you know, like I wish my family did that. Did you ever um, thought about that or, you know, have any instances where like, yeah, you know, my family doesn't do that, but I would like to. Um, okay, so like to answer your question about like being people of color, um, I think honestly, I don't wish I would like, I don't think I would ever wish that I was raised differently. I think um, a lot of the things that and like the traditions that we celebrate because of my culture have become a source of comfort for me. So I, yeah, I never want to let that go. And because of that, I think it's so easy to kind of not like really care that much about like what other American, like what other traditional American families are doing because like, yeah, although it might work for them, like that's just not what is, you know, great for me. Like um, I think like with Thanksgiving, a really big thing and I guess difference that I have with, I guess a traditional American family is like, we don't eat turkey because my family thinks turkey is really dry. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. (laughs) I swear there's gravy. (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah I I think yeah I think it's just different in that way but also I guess like talking about like American food um I think like coming from like an Asian background it it was kind of weird at first when I saw people eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because I don't understand why you would mix like a cream base with like a fruit base like I thought that was so strange (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so interesting i i've never really thought about peanut butter and jelly not mixing <laughs> but, i've always um, had uncrustables growing up <laughs> <laughs> no i had the ones in the in the lunch I, they're probably the same ones that you're talking about yeah the ones that are know. like circled and they're packed inside and they have oh, like a purple yeah. wrapping in it yeah <laughs> see i don't know what they mean i just know how they look like <laughs> but um talking about what you were saying you know about your family um I think our family is very cultural it's very um like our background is well it's because we were born in El Salvador so our culture is very much with us so I think that um there's one thing that kind of sticks out to me a lot that I feel like a lot of American quote-unquote American families do is that they don't consider extended family sort of like nuclear family and the thing is that us we do we consider everyone just as important obviously I feel like there's a little bit of difference but also the the family tree you know the once removed the the second cousin or third or whatnot I don't understand that so uh like I look at it and I'm like it's can't a like, thing yeah <laughs> you're just like doing like what are you saying but I I also understand like I try to understand it because it makes sense it does make sense it's just it's, it's hard to to put it in my own mindset because I've never had it before so mm-hmm. so looking at it from like a sociological perspective 
Um, on American families, you can actually see a trend where men do less housework than their wives. And I feel like in our cultures, it's almost the opposite where, you know, you have the man and the woman. If, well, obviously, okay. <laughs> women do do more housework than men. At least in my household, household that's how it works. But I feel like in the end, we end up doing more housework than even my mom and my dad put together. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know? they just. I mean, that's how we get paid sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go out and do this? Do people exactly. who get allowances? Like, I love those people. They're lucky. <laughs> like, I wish. <laughs> those are our chores I I never got like allowance on the spot though my mom would never be like okay you do this and I'll give you this much money like I would (laughs) I mean I mean like but she would give money like when I asked her because she was like oh because you clean this I'll give this to you know it's not like Uh I'm asking for it on the spot so then I'll do it like I won't do it if she's not giving me money so Uh (laughs) they give you more money because you did it willingly so that's good (laughs) so this is typically common when, you know, growing up as, you know, in our childhood years. So talking about that, what is one of your favorite memories as a child, if you have one? I think mine would be, so considering that I used to live in a, a pretty small community where there's actually children playing outside. So I guess this is like when technology wasn't really like, oh, that great. Like I still had like the the, the landline. I still had one. I, okay. So I know one time I think I called the, I called the cops and I just hung <laughs> up. So. The cops lifted up. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my favorite memories is after school, my dad would take all of my siblings to the park, the Alpine Park. And then, and then you just randomly play tag with random people. And that was just so fun to me. Or even before school started, I used to go there pretty early in like fourth, fifth grade. And we would always play like team tag or freeze tag. I was so good. And okay, because I also got there so early, I was the one who was like making it, like like asking children to play. And then it's just, it's so nice whenever the others, the other classmates, they come up and they're like, can I play? Can I play? Like, that's so cute. Like, why can't we do that anymore? I know, man, these kids, man. Um, I think one of my favorite childhood memories or, like, stage of, like, childhood is, you know, just having my dad pick me up after school and just crossing the street and getting ice cream. You know, it was so carefree back then, and, you know, like, the sun was going down, and he would hold my hand. So I just feel, like, very secure at that moment and really happy because, you know, like, I love Spongebob popsicles and things. Um, yeah, and I, and I got to see my dad at the end of the day, you know, like, you know, just being around a lot of kids and, you know, just people that I'm not as familiar with, like, just seeing my dad at the end of the day was very comforting. And, you know, I just got to talk to him as I was walking home, holding his hand and eating ice cream. So I think elementary school, um, yeah, just spending after school with my dad in elementary school was one of my childhood highlights. I think my favorite memory or I guess like it's more of like a series of memories is I used to swim a lot with my cousins and then my family like all the adults would watch us and like just spending that family time together like playing around in the pool and like like doing cannonballs 
I used to think to myself like oh this is the best day ever and like I would say that like all the time because I just had so much fun like spending time with like my family and yeah I think that's why I I still feel really close to like my cousins and like the adults in my family and also like eating after like a swim is like it's just like so much better because you're like tired and hungry and then like my mom used to always make us pizza rolls after and it was just so good I'm jealous (laughs) I wish I learned how to swim at an early age I still don't know how to swim that's embarrassing (laughs) yeah I never learned um and I'm kind of like scared of water like big bodies of water so in a pool I'm fine but if I were ever to be like dunked in an ocean like I would (laughs) drown oh no Um, we were taught how to swim but we I would never consider myself a pro. Like if I were dunked in the ocean as well, I'd probably drown. Like <laughs> even if I'm like, even if I notice, like, I drown. Well, Charlie is a high school athlete. <laughs> she was a wow. swimmer. Yeah. Um, well, we'll call her to save us. We'll just be like, oh, like <laughs> Yeah, I think like yesterday she was like, if I were to be there, would you swim? Like, would you learn how to swim? I'm like, yeah, you swim professionally, of course. <laughs> I trust you with my life. Um, but yeah, so, you know, just moving on to the next stage of life, which is adolescence, um, teenagers, <laughs> puberty, oh, oh. <laughs> and hormones. <laughs> uh, okay, so there are five general characteristics of adolescence. So, you know, what teenagers basically like sums up what a teenager is. Um, so we have biological growth and development, which has various biological changes, such as in body proportions and acne known as puberty and hormones. Um, next one is undefined status. So that's basically when expectations for adolescents are often big um, because, you know, you're, you're like not a child, but not an adult yet. So people are like, I don't care what you do with your life. You're a teenager. Um, Increased decision-making, you know, some teenagers must make some of their own decisions, you know, like decisions in high school and um, just learning how to make decisions for themselves and increased pressure. Adolescents are faced with pressure from many sources like school, family, um, yeah, just peers and the search for self, like deciding what is really important for you and trying to like figure out who you are. Um, so out of these five characteristics of adolescence, like which one do you think that you're um, still growing in or which ones do you think you have accomplished so far? Um, so for me, I feel like growing up, um, what took up most of my life was church. It, it just took up a lot of my life. So when I think about, you know, my adolescence, I think about the, the role I faced in church. And um, I know. and then when I was when I was there, you know, they'd always be like, oh, you know, these young kids don't really know what they're talking about, or they don't know this, or they don't know that. And it's kind of like, okay, so I'm not a little kid, right? But I'm also, you don't hear me because I'm a teenager. So like, I feel like the one that I struggle with the most is probably the undefined status because some people just don't listen to you because of your age and then other people are just like man you're too old for this but you're too young for this like it's just very conflicting and very very difficult to manage sometimes and kind of stressful Mm -hmm. but yeah that's I feel like that was the one that's hard for me yeah 
I think the increased pressure is what was harder for me. Um, and decision-making. I'm really terrible at making decisions on my own when it comes to anything, really. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I like go into this panic mode. I'm just like, oh, I overthink things, you know? And that as teenagers, you start making a lot more decisions about your life, life-changing ones like college and and, and things like that. Um, yeah, and then, you know, you have all these different opinions directed at you. And you're just like, okay, like, what's my opinion on this? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. I think um, decision-making, increased decision-making and, like, pressure was something that I really had to deal with, especially this past year. Um, obviously we are in a pandemic, so that's already pressure um, to adapt to everything. But I think even more is like, we are faced with pressure from like so many things in society. Like we have like beauty standards and like standards from your peers. Um, and like you said, like college, like that was, college was like college application season was such a stressful time in my life. I was literally like the week that we turned in our college apps, I think I cried like two times because I was like, I'm not going to get in. My, my like essays are so bad. And like, like, obviously like uh, it'll work out at the end, but you know, in the moment. And I know it's probably like, you know, when you're a hormonal teenager and you're like, my life is over if I don't get in. <laughs> so yeah, I think that was something I really struggled with. And then also after um, when you get into college, you have to be like, oh, like, where am I going to go for the next four years of my life? And this is like, kind of like the first time you're really making a decision on your own about where you're going. And then like, when you get into college, and like, your parents are going to be around to tell you like, oh, you need to go to sleep or whatever, like, I'm going to be up at 10 o'clock getting a churro and my parents can't say anything about it because they're not there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, I faced um, just the search of like the search for self. I had, I just really had trouble during doing that, like during my adolescence. Well, I'm still an adolescent, but um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I've been part like of some sort of dance team for over six years. And I think oftentimes I just did what they did and said what they said, you know, and I just followed their ways and just followed what um, people in my dance team were saying or doing like you know it's like they gossiped I gossiped and if you know they told me to do this I would do this and I just was really confused for a while with like who I am um, until you know I left the dance team and I was like okay like that that wasn't who I am it doesn't like you know you know those moments where people pressure you to do things and you're like this doesn't feel right but at the same time you don't want to feel excluded and I think that was me for a long time but you know just leaving the dance team now like trying to figure out who I am as a person and, um, you know, what decisions that I have to make on my own. Like, it was really hard, but now I get a sense of like, you know, what characteristics I, um, that people see like from me, you know, like I show kindness, patience. And um, I think I could see more of that myself when back then I didn't really know like who I really was. And um, yeah, and I think also like, um, yeah, like growing up, you know, like in middle school, I was kind of like Christian, but not, you know, like just very 
going to church and, you know, just not having a personal relationship with God. And I think just being more focused um, and, you know, just having the desire to grow um, deeper with God, I think, kind of helped me figure out like who I was, I really am, like my identity in God, you know, and um, yeah, and I think a lot of decisions in my life include him, of course, they include him, and I always, you know, like, is this a Christ-like decision, and I think now Christ is a very big part of my life, you know, like the most important part of my life, so yeah, that was, um, that was me, Um, yeah, just talking about, you know, being a teenager, of course, you know, we were in like teams and we, we were a part of groups, like what kind of social interactions and groups have you been exposed to so far and how have they shaped you to be the person you are today? Um, well, I already like mentioned this with like the dance team, but yeah, like what about for you guys? Um, I think that I've met a lot of different types of people. I feel like even in your own families, you know, you meet such a variety of people and different characters that you're just like, man, you know, I'm gonna take a little bit of you, I'm gonna take a little bit of you, and I'm gonna take a little bit of you. You're just like, dude, I don't want that of you, you know? (laughs) But um, I think that most of the people that I've actually been around are just so incredibly kind. Like, Mm. they're just people that you're like, man, how do you, do it you know how do you how are you able to give this or how are you able to show this even when you're angry or you're stressed out or I think one of the most important lessons that I've had to learn because of of the people that you surround yourself with because obviously there's always going to be some sort of problem there's always going to be something and you know like you said about gossiping and, and the dance team and everything it's just it's it's like that you know I think that I, I learned how to put aside what people tell me and for my own opinion about that person with absolutely no judgment because that's just something that, like you were saying, you know, how to be with God and how to yeah. be, um, how to be like him, you know, how to shape your character in a way that represents him and how to show that to your peers as well and I think that um that was just such a big lesson in my life that I just I want to show that to people too you know I want to be want to have no absolutely no judgment towards anyone Mm -hmm. and and, you know I think we all grew up in the church or were exposed to it from a very young age I'm yeah (laughs) so I think that's a really big part of who we all are today um the four of us here I mean the five of us here (laughs) (laughs) sorry mister I know we were supposed to have four but the more the merrier (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know being exposed to that it really helps shape who you are you know and I feel like that also helps you make decisions of what you should be doing obviously you know what you know is right and the things you do that are wrong I'm not saying that you're not going to have mistakes and and fall sometimes but it really does make you rethink a lot of things you wonder oh is this the correct way one thing I heard that I absolutely loved was if you can't do it with God then should you be doing it at all and that's kind of what I live by now it's it's 
if I can't do it with God, maybe I shouldn't be doing it at all. And that's all that mindset is because of the interactions I've had growing up, you know? And um, and then you have the opposite, you know, going to school and having this broad, different, completely opposing um, view on life and religion and things like that. And the more you get exposed to it, the more curious you get, I, I think. And I mean, at least that was the case for me. I was like, well, like people live like this. And then you start trying, you know, in a way to be similar to them. And then, you know, you come to this point as an adolescent, as a teenager growing up, you're going through so many mood swings. You're having this broad, different, so many different ideas. And I think towards the end of that, you know, we're leaving our adolescent years, starting our adulthood. So, you know, at the end of that, I feel like you make a choice and it's it becomes personal, but you know, it helps shape who you're going to be in the future. Great. So that concludes episode one of our podcast. Well, (laughs) so um, thank you so much for our guests for joining us and stay tuned for episode two, where we talked about more juicy stuff. (laughs) So I think (laughs) you want to stay. I think you want to stay tuned. So see you.